Hey, drama listeners. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and well. The episode you're about to hear was recorded before the entire nation came together to support and protest for the justice of the Black community in America. That's why you won't hear us discussing it with our amazing special guest. If you're not ready to listen to content that's unrelated to the good work we all need to be doing, we get it. We'll be here for you when you're ready. Please see the episode description in our Instagram bio for a guide to resources for you to find the best way to support the black community. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got an They option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we, we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New York, York City. City. I'm and London. And London this time. London calling. That's right. Um, I'm Connor McDowell, and I am Dylan McDowell, and welcome back to everyone for another sizzling and steaming episode of Drama. We are so excited about our guest today, but before we bring him in and talk about all the amazing things that are in store, we do have to talk about yet another concert that aired on TV to keep us entertained during quarantine, or as we'll later learn, is called Lockdown Across the Pond. (gasps) So British, I'm shaking. Yes, the Ben Platt Netflix Mm -hmm. concert. Absolutely oh, unreal. Unbelievable. And we just watched it last night, but even you said afterwards, you were like, wait, we should just like watch it again. His it's just voice, such a good, yeah. He, I think has one of, he is one of the voices of our like musical theater generation, but also I guess just music in general. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He, that he does all of those songs even yeah. bigger than they are on the album. It's just crazy. Um, we were lucky enough to see him do the show like, not at the Radio City concert, but at a different one. I think it was called Beacon Theater or something. Yeah, that sounds right. The and it was unreal. It was actually the who's who of New York City. Like, Natalie Weiss was there and Noah Galvin. They're dating. Yeah. Um, that's, that's drama. It's drama. But it was so much fun. He is so unreal. And I will say, you know, we talked last week about Taylor Swift's City of Lover concert, um, where she sounds semi-live. There's a little retouching <laughs> by an angel somewhere in there. Yeah, 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 totally. But then... It sounds completely 100% live. I know. It, it, it is, for sure. You know what else I loved about it? I was thinking about this. I love how open, openly he talks about his sexuality. It's cool. Because for a long time, he didn't. And it was like, his whole run in Dear Evan Hansen was kind of like, I remember there was a New York Times feature about him, and it was like, he's not focusing on relationships at the moment. And I was like, okay. But how could he? I mean, that role took everything else out of him. I know, but I guess I was just like, is he or isn't he? That, you know, it's always a question. I guess it's nobody's business. But nope. in this case, it is great how open he is. And you can see how supportive his family is. And oh, yeah. I don't know. I loved that. It was Ooh. so good. I love that he did a song, Rain. Yeah. It's such a bop. And of course, his very fun dancing, which it's goofy as hell, but so fun. You know, I'm surprised nobody has taken Rain on Me by Gaga and Ariana. Ariana, Ariana. And uh, put it over his music video to Rain. I, I should do that. Up. Is it too late? Maybe we can ask our guest today to do a mashup at some point. <gasps> oh my God. Speaking of, let's just bring him in. I think it's time to bring him in. I'm so excited about today's guest. And we, on a whim, you were like, how do we get in touch with them? How do we get in touch with them? And you were like, you know what? I'm just going to send a DM. 
And you know what? I slid in and it worked. All right, here we go. Bring him in. Okay. London Calling, our guest today, (laughs) joins us from across the pond as our first international dreamboat to drop by drama. This dashing leading man was most recently nominated for a What's On Stage Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for his spellbinding performance as Romeo in the West End smash musical and Juliet, a new show featuring the pop hits of Max Martin. Before Breaking Hearts as this iconic Shakespearean leading man, our guest took on the star-making role of Strat in Bad Out of Hell, the musical. When he isn't sharing his gorgeous voice, he's been seen on screen in Scylla, Cucumber, How Not to Disappear Completely, and even in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Audiences will also remember his unforgettable journey on the X Factor UK, where his voice and charm stood out before an all-too-soon elimination. He's a fashion icon, true crime junkie, tattoo enthusiast, songwriter, and all-around superstar. Please welcome to drama, Jordan Jordan Luke Luke Gage. (laughs) That was the best introduction I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Oh, I'm honored. Everywhere I go, thank you. (laughs) We'll we'll send it to you. We'll message it to you. How are you guys doing? Amazing. We're so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much. I really wanted to jump in on your Ben Platt chat because I, as well, was obsessed with that Netflix show. Like I could tell you just, were like you were you were like ready to comment was, with us. <laughs> yeah, he was. Isn't he amazing? Like, I think I cried probably four times during during that comment. What is like, your favorite song that he did? So my favorite is "Older," the one that he <sighs> does right at the end before he does the encore. Yes, I just think like that's so powerful. The whole riffs that he does over the chorus, and then when he takes it up and the, when the audience is singing it back with him, like imagine that feeling having having an audience just singing your song back at you. Like, yeah, he's exceptional. Oh, yeah. He, he is amazing. And you know what? It's funny you mention that because I think his album came out like March of last year. And we yeah. saw his concert in May. And literally two months later, everybody knew every single word already to his songs. Right. And I was like, this is a bop. Yeah, his vocals are crazy. Crazy. Just goes to show like his fan base are just like oh, yeah. so huge. But so he huge. Just, yeah, he absolutely deserves it. The way that he's kind of his career has kind of gone is just amazing. Doing like politician now and yes, all of the all of the different projects. Yeah, have you seen the politician? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, I'm desperate, desperately waiting for series two. Soon, very soon. Yeah, very soon. Jordan, I need to comment here. I love that you say series two. Connor and I are obsessed with Britishisms. We are. I told you before <laughs> we went live. We are Anglophiles. Do you know who yeah. Michelle Bassage is? Of course. Of okay. Course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She is like a huge Anglophile. And I feel like I, I, it's so funny listening to her talk. Like she'll say things like uni instead of college or university, yeah. or she'll say cheeky or things like that. And it's just, we are fully obsessed. I think my obsession. Move over her. We're coming. All right. All right. You don't have to ask me. Um, our obsession, I think, began with X Factor UK many, many years ago. Right. Yeah. Because. Okay. One Direct, because when One Direction became huge in the States, we were like, okay, we're obsessed. So we went back and we like illegally found that se- that series uh, that they were on. And we watched literally all of it like twice that mm-hmm. summer. And it had some other great people. They were on there with Cher Lloyd. Um, yeah, who is now, she's international star now. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, Rebecca th- Ferguson. Yeah. You guys know Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah. 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 Okay, I didn't and know if she kind of made it. She had home. she had a song called "Glitter and Gold" that played in Starbucks stores <laughs> across the country. <laughs> and who won that Go. season? He was Matt so Cardle. Matt Cardle. Matt Cardle. Yeah, Matt Cardle. He's <sighs> awesome. Yeah. 
that was a good season. I think that kind of put X Factor UK like on the map, mm-hmm. to be honest. And because then, then like Little Mix came, I think it was the year after, <sighs> which and... I am fully obsessed. Yeah, obsessed. Me too. Mm-hmm. I need to release some more music. And it's coming. That. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but yeah, so X Factor UK, and then, and then you eventually did it. In. You eventually were on there. I did. Yeah, 2015. I am. Um, that was a roller coaster. It was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my life, I think, because the first audition round was at Wembley Arena, which is like our biggest arena in in the whole of the UK. Um, so then walking out to like fifty thousand people, and those judges sat there, and then that was like, okay, this is kind of if I can get through this, I can kind of probably get through anything. Um, so yeah, and they loved you. Like that, like I remember seeing that video. I think that's probably our first introduction to you, but we didn't put two and two together that it was you until recently when you posted something from, I think, Boot Camp. Yeah, or... it, it was like a throwback that I posted mm-hmm. from Boot Camp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Nick Grimshaw was obsessed with you. Fully obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very sweet, but it was also very distracting. I was wondering why they were all like laughing with him while I was uh-huh. singing. I was thinking, am I doing something wrong? Am I off key? But it turned out that he just, I think he kind of had a little crush, which is very sweet. Totally. He totally did. That's so funny. I remember knowing who he was because I remember when One Direction was like first big, like it was probably 2012, Harry Styles hung out with him all the time and people were like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, is this a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like best friends and Uh it was like a secret relationship. (laughs) They did. But but yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's really nice. Have you seen him at all since then? um, I bumped into him like randomly in a bar, I think probably a year later. Oh, how funny. He, he came up to me and he was like, oh, I wish that like you you could have gone further and gone the whole way. And he was always really sweet because he was my mentor in the competition and, and he always like had my back. So that's really sweet. Aww. I love that. Remind me who the other judges were when you were on it. So we had Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Cole. I don't know Cheryl Cole, Fernandez, Versini. Fernandez. It's always changing. <laughs> it is. is different. <laughs> now it's just Cheryl. It's just Cheryl now. Just Cheryl, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we had Cheryl, we had Rita Ora, and we had Simon Cowell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The legend. Nice. The legend. So it was a good lineup. That's a good lineup. Rita Ora is one where she has so many great songs, but for some reason I feel like she hasn't like fully taken off in the U.S. for some reason. To be honest, the same here as well, I'd say. like, okay. I feel like everybody knows who she is and she's got some bangers, but I don't think she's really maybe broken through as much as she, she has the potential to. Maybe. Yeah. Y'all, I don't think she's ever released an album. Really? Yeah, it's I think that's like... like a, load, a load of singles? I think that's what it is. I'm pretty sure. Someone, someone will... Let us know when they yeah. hear this, but I know. Oh, wow. Okay, wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Jordan. We a- need to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests. Yeah. Are you well? Uh, I am well, you know, I'm good. I'm kind of growing accustomed to this weird life that we're living in. I've got structure in my life now. I'm kind of trying to keep busy, exercising, doing different projects, talking to my friends to keep sane. So yeah, I would say I am well. I feel like this is a really important time. We can kind of use this time to focus on projects and things that we've never had the opportunity to before. Maybe we can come out of this like in a better position than we ever have been. So I'm trying to see the positive. I love that. No, I absolutely agree. It's like, when else will you have time to maybe, like in your case, I know you're writing music, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, like when else would you have time for that? You're like starring in a huge smash show and things like that. So where are you locked down? So I came to my mum's um, house down in the countryside, which is about an hour out of London. Just because okay. my flat in London is, is quite small. I don't have a garden. And I kind of thought, oh, can I deal with like months of this? Mm-hmm. So I came here. She's got a nice garden. There's like beautiful walks nearby. So yeah, I'm glad I made that decision. I mean, it is kind of like going back to being 16 again and living with your 
parents, which mm-hmm. is trying to deal with that. That's probably the hardest part about it. But they're great. are you back in your same bedroom that you once stayed in? I am. Yeah. Oh, that's so really, funny. That's kind of our situation change. too. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's literally the same thing because we're normally in New York, so we came back to to Cleveland, Ohio, where we're with our parents, and I'm in my childhood bedroom, and like I am feeling like. Oh. Re- reverting back to my high school self. To your youth. I moved into the basement, fulfilling the prophecy of every, like, failure, like a young adult who moves back home and lives in their mother's basement, but, you know. Right. No, my God, don't stop. But, no, it's nice because you can we, – we do have – we have a backyard or garden, and we can walk mm-hmm. around, and, you know, it's been great. It's been, yeah. I think, better than being in our tiny, dark New York apartment. You got, do you guys live together in the apartment in New York? Yeah, we do. We, do. we live in in Harlem. It's called the Harlem Hideaway. That, oh, nice. That's what we call it. I don't know. I know. Have you ever been to New York? Uh, love New York. Yeah, I've I've been maybe three times now for the past three years. I try and go like every January, which I've been told is the worst time to go because it's so bitterly cold and it so really bad. has been so cold. But <laughs> theater scene, I love the whole vibe there i i would love to move over there at some point actually maybe for a year or so and see how life is who knows oh my maybe God. when Anne juliet transfers you can wow, come with it stars. i know right that um, would be a dream yeah do you see lots of shows when you come to the states yeah i tr- I, I think probably like six shows each time i come i come for normally, nice. like, normally like a week to 10 days because the first time i went i think i booked to come for five days because people were like, it's all you need in New York is five days. You can see everything. And then when I was there with my friend, we were like, this is, that was absolutely not true. Like, we, haven't seen, <laughs> we haven't seen half of what we want to see. So we just, mm-hmm. I think, canceled our flight home and stayed for like an extra five days. Wait, um, that's dramatic. I love it, though. So dramatic. Catch as many shows as possible. What did you see on your you recent trip? Shows. Uh, most recently, I saw Mean Girls, which I love. Love it. Um, and what did I see? I saw The Prom. Oh, Which we love great. the proms. I really wish that, that should have stayed open longer. It was so I know. great. I know. I know. It was amazing. I saw it so. I saw it three times. You did? Yeah. Yeah. The four adults who were in it. Oh my god! Like absolute superstars. Superstars. I felt like the the whole format of the show was like musical theater perfection. Just Absolutely. the way it was written, the songs, those four leads. It was just yeah. I really thought it was going to like clean up at the Tonys and then Hades Town came in and I'm a, I am the biggest fan of Hades Town. Yeah. So yeah. Like, okay. Fair enough. That's the thing. We can't be too mad because that we were in the same boat. Exactly. Like I wouldn't have been upset if the prom would have swept, but Hades Town was so deserving. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, quick question. Do you guys have a prom in London? Uh, not like in the same sense that you guys do. We have like a, it's called like a sixth form dance and it's ah. normally on like your last year of school. Um, but it's not in the sense that like you don't have to ask a date to go to the prom with you. There's no like rules to it. It's just okay. it's more in a big hall and everybody just goes and celebrates the end of school. It's formal. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But we do have it. We do have it. Yeah. I think on, have you seen the show Sex Education on Netflix? Yeah. I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think on there, the, I think someone calls it a disco at one point. Yeah. Is that we, okay? we, the school disco. Yeah. We used to, it sounds so lame. <laughs> it's so, I love it. Again, obsessed. To me, like fully obsessed. I know. It's so fun. Yeah. We used to have discos like at the end of every year. It was like your way of celebrating the year. But disco kind of just takes you back to like the 80s, doesn't it? And totally. We have some strange work. I guess. 
Yeah. I love so maybe it. you guys have stranger words, I'd say. You've kind mm-hmm. of taken our words and just flipped them around. <laughs> I think you're right. Totally. I do prefer lockdown to quarantine, though. I love that you guys say lockdown. Lockdown. Wait, I just remembered something, because we were talking about Mich- Michelle Visage. She has uh, a new show on BBC One or something. BBC Three. I don't know. Some kind of, some kind of a chat show. I think I've seen mm-hmm. it advertised. Yeah. yeah. Watched it, yeah. I need to get on that. She's she was, great. She was on Big Brother. She was on Big Brother, yeah. You yeah, Big Brother. And, and she did very of, well. She did. That kind of put her on the map here with people that aren't Drag Race fans. So that now she's like British royalty. It's always <laughs> she's, people just people worship Michelle Visage. Um, I think I love she that. loves Britain so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love her. We love her. Are you so guys d- watching this series of? Of course, Drag Race. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, we love it. We loved the UK series. Yeah. Yeah. You worked with Vinegar Strokes on that fun video. I did, yeah. We did a little bake, a baking competition. Yeah, uh-huh. she's lovely. She's so lovely. I had such high hopes for her, just because, it, like, I love a theater girl through, like, doing, like, you mm-hmm. know, she was in Jamie, and yeah, um, she was. didn't quite pull through the way I wanted her to, but you know, that's okay. She just need, she needed to polish up those sewing skills. That I know. Her down, yeah. Hodgepodge through and through. Hodgepodge. But mm-hmm. she had the personality. She was funny. I think that was really interesting about the UK drag race is people kind of didn't know what to expect because our humor is quite different. I think we can be quite vulgar, British mm-hmm. people, but the world seemed to take to that. So that was that was awesome. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite seasons of Drag Race, I think, ever. It, you could tell really? that Rue and Michelle were having a blast, too. And yeah, absolutely. It, the, it just felt really authentic. The queens, I don't know. It was amazing. I love them. Uh-huh. My, my favorite was like Loki, Cheryl Hole. I don't know why. I just yeah. like, I thought she was so fun. <laughs> she was fun. So much positivity. She was great. I thought she would possibly win it, actually. But the Vivian was very deserving. She was very deserving. I think the Vivian yeah, was one of us yeah. talking about Drag Race. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Who are we? Like, there's there's going to be a, se- a second there season, yeah, right? I think, I think they, they were going to start filming it soon, I think. That will be delayed, I okay. guess. But yeah. Another thing okay. delayed. Ugh. I know, but you know, it's all for the best, I guess, right now. We need to get into it because Connor and I are beyond obsessed with Anne Juliet, and we need to talk about all things this incredible new show. For those of our listeners who might not be as familiar with it, would you mind giving a quick synopsis? So the synopsis is, it's always hard because it sounds absolutely bizarre, but you have to just roll with me and go with it. Um, it essentially picks up from the end of the play of Romeo and Juliet, where Romeo has just taken his own life. He's drank the poison. But in our show, Juliet picks up the dagger and she kind of thinks, why would I take my own life? I've only known this guy for four days. Like we've literally started dating four days ago and I'm about to kill myself over a guy. Um, so she kind of throws the dagger down and she decides to live her life. And she goes on these amazing adventures and meets new friends and, and has these life experiences that she's never had before. She meets a new love interest and then when everything is kind of going rosy, there is a twist and Romeo didn't actually drink poison, but it was just a sleeping potion instead. So um, he comes back essentially from the dead and just messes everything up. He's still crazy in love with her and he's heard that she's moved on. So it sounds bizarre, but you have to roll with it. And the music of Max Martin is, it, it just like marries so well with the story. It's hilarious. It was written by David West Reed, who wrote uh, Shit's Creek. So it's all that kind of really dry sense of humor. And yeah, the audience from the beginning to the end are just in hysteric. And yeah, I think you described it perfectly. I think, you know, people will know Max Martin. He's like a legendary hit maker for like Katy mm-hmm. Perry and Taylor Swift. Although there's no Taylor in the show. There, yeah, I think she is one of the only collaborators that 
isn't in the show. I think maybe she has decided that she might do her own musical one. I knew it. I, I knew it. <laughs> Jordan, we literally had the same conversation. We were like, wait, he did almost all of her 1989 album, if yeah. not every song on it. And we were like, where is the Taylor? But we were like, she must be holding yeah. out for her. I think she knows she's got enough hits and she's mm-hmm. probably thinking, I can make a, a Taylor Swift show. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's so many other incredible artists in it, like Jessie J. Ah, we Britney love. Britney Spears, Britney Spears, Bon Jovi. There's just, yeah. It's a great. lot of Backstreet Boys. A lot of Backstreet Boys, which is one of the highlights of the show. We kind of, we kind of create our own almost Backstreet Boys group. And that's like living your boy band fantasy. We like rise from from the ground and there's like crazy strobe lights happening and we're in these boy band outfits. Yeah, the audience are going absolutely. I wondered how that worked because we obviously haven't been able to see it yet, but we've listened to the album enough times to be like, okay, there's a sequence of Backstreet Boys songs here. Like what, how does this all work? Um, uh-huh. It's so brilliant. It's, it's all yeah. just amazing. And you sing an Ellie Goulding song, Love Me Like You I Do. do yeah. Love me like you do. Do you guys know that song? Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Well, it, I think I think it became popular from the Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey movie. Yeah, I think that was the theme tune. I think or something. Mm-hmm. it was the theme, but it really holds up, and you sound amazing. I have one issue with it, and this is my dose of drama: is that it's not the full. I know. Song. What yeah. the heck? Oh, uh, I know. People, I get a lot of messages saying that, which is really sweet. I wish it was the full song as well. There was a time that it was going to be the full song, but when you see it in context, it works being a short moment, which is it's okay. nice. it's sad, but I, I can deal with it now. Yeah. I know. When I, I told my boyfriend you were coming on and I played him that, and he was like, wait, that's it? That's it? I want to hear more. <laughs> and I was like, we could just play it again. Because <laughs> that was also the song you sang on X Factor. Which is when... strange, like the way that the universe works. Like, complete full circle when i was on the x factor in boot camp i yeah i performed love me like you do because it was one of my favorite songs and i wanted to do like a really cool acoustic arrangement of it um then yeah now doing it in the show is just mad was there any kind of connection there or they just did did they did you get there and you booked the job and they were like oh and also this is another one of the songs you'll be doing so we workshopped the show for about two months um last year before before we started rehearsals properly. And that was kind of our time with the casting people and the director and everybody to piece the whole show together. And it was a very like hands-on experience. They really took into account like how we felt about the show and maybe like if how we felt about this scene, if if this scene should stay or if it should go and maybe this song could be changed for something else. And I think there was a moment when they they said like, okay, we need Romeo to have this moment where he's like pouring his heart out to her, but we can't really think of the song. And I think I suggested it to the director. I said, well, Max wrote Love Me Like You Do. Like, that might be perfect for that moment. I was like, I love the song so much. I was like, go away and have a think about it. And I think he came back the next day and he was like, let's try it. And so we just tried this arrangement and it, yeah, it stayed in since the workshop. So you, That is yeah, an amazing story. You're a full collaborator. That's such a cool process. Oh my God, it was an amazing process. Yeah. I mean, I've never been a part of a cast before which, where, where I've been in the original cast. So that was such a different experience. And I think one that like any actor would strive to experience because that's when you really feel like you're being a creative in a sense, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So yeah, it was amazing. Such a great experience. Oh my God. Well, listen, I can't, I wish I could come over and see Anne Juliet. I mean, hypothetically in a world where everything was still running because Mm -hmm. I mean, you sound amazing, but literally everybody sounds incredible. 
the arrangements because, of the songs, the cast oh is just, oh my God, it's so good. I'm upset. I go like every other day being obsessed with somebody else, but like, what, is her name Cassidy? Cassidy. Oh, she is just, I can't even talk about her without gushing. She is, she's one of the most incredible humans that I've ever met as well. And just like such a talent, like such a force on stage. You can't take your eyes off of her. She has this star quality where she can just hold the audience in the palm of her hand no matter what she does. And yeah, she is exceptional. That song that she sings, the Celine song. The Celine song. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. And she of course plays Anne Hathaway, Shakespeare's wife, right? Okay. Yeah, she does. Oh, and he's great too. Shakespeare. Uh, Ollie Ollie Thompson. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. They're all amazing. Everyone, everyone. I, we know Ali Thompson because he was the original Fiero in the London Wicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah. And weirdly, like, I, this is one of the first things I said to him is that I watched him when I was probably 14 years old play Fiero in Wicked. And that was one of, one of the theatre experiences that I remember most from that age. And so when I said to him, like, yeah, I watched you like when I was 14, he was like, thanks, you really make me feel old. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's, he's amazing talent. Well, speaking of like formative experiences that might have like led you down this iconic path to playing Romeo and being in the arts, we talk about Ring of Keys moments on the podcast, whereas like this point where you just, you knew this was the life for you. Um, do, do you have what we'd like to call a Ring of Keys moment where you, where theater or entertainment sort of knocked on your door and was like, come on in? Well, for me, it was, it was never something that I thought about when I was really young until I was about 12 years old. There was one summer and there was kind of, we have these like theater camps that I guess you guys probably do as well. And my friend, she was going to one and she asked if I would come with her because I think she was too nervous about going on her own. And it was like one week at this theater camp and she was like, can you come along and, and join me? So I did. And I kind of, I knew that I had a bit of a voice. Like I would just sing around the house and my mum was like, oh, you've got a great voice. Like you should, you should sing more. And so when I was at this theater camp, they were doing auditions for like the end of week theater show, like talent show. And I got dragged into doing it somehow. And then they asked me to perform in the last show and I sang A Whole New World. And it was like in the town hall in front of all of the parents. There were probably like 300 people there. And I think my mum and dad were just sat in the audience and they were crying their eyes out because they'd never seen me perform before. And they always knew that I had a voice, but they didn't know that I could possibly use my voice in a career one day. And I had so many people coming up to me being so nice and complimentary. And I think that was kind of the moment that I thought, wow, I loved that what I just did. Like I had the best time on stage. Maybe this is something that, that I could potentially go into. So that was kind of the like trigger. Um, and in terms of like what the first thing I saw, it was The Lion King. <laughs> uh, I went to see that in the West End. And I remember just sitting there in awe in the opening number when she's singing Circle of Life and all of the like animals and elephants and everything are coming down the aisles. And I think I just got like totally swept up in the magic of theatre. And I remember thinking then as well, like, okay, this is something that I definitely need to pursue. Those are the two kind of moments oh. that stick out. That's great. I love that they're like Disney. Disney being like a huge gateway. Yeah. I I could absolutely see you. I know. I was going to say, I could see you as like a Disney prince at some point. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Trying to think of the right one. Maybe like Prince Eric, because he gets to sing her voice. You know that song? Yeah, I love that song. You would slay that song. Thank you. That would be good. Coming right? Have they cast that part? (laughs) I don't know. Well, it was rumored to be Harry Styles. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then I guess they kind of stopped production of that for a while. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wait, okay, wait. You actually also, we need to talk about this because Connor and I are shameless directioners. Um, you met Harry Styles. 
yeah so he came and watched um our rehearsal before we opened in, in manchester he came and watched it he's really good friends with max still and yeah he was so so sweet i think he said to me afterwards that he would maybe one day be in, like be interested in playing the part of romeo <gasps> who knows in some kind of in some if they ever made a movie of it or something i guess mm -hmm. it would be like the perfect choice oh my yeah. god that is so cool i love him yeah he's oh, great his music so career is great we were supposed to I mean, see fashion sense. Fashion <sighs> sense is like so so great now. Okay, okay but you're also you're also a fashion you're a fashionista. Would you say so? That's oh yes. <laughs> I don't know. I would never class myself as that. But I think it was either the opening night in Manchester or something. You had like this like iconic look with like striped pants, but like a solid uh -huh. top. I was like brilliant. This is the moment. <laughs> like the gray blazer. And yes. Mm -hmm. Tartan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking about Harry Styles. We were supposed to see his, like, he was touring his new album. And we were supposed to see mm -hmm. him in July, but oh, we won't right. anymore. Sad. It's okay. It, we'll, we'll see him yeah. when, it's, when it's time. Yeah. It'll, it'll be postponed. You, you guys will go. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And then wait. Okay. So there's also another Harry that you performed for. Yes. His yeah. Royal Highness. His Royal Highness, Prince Harry, um, yeah, during, that was in Battle of Hell, yeah, mm -hmm. that was crazy. I think I had just recently taken over the role, Okay. Um, prob probably like a few weeks before, and then they said to me, oh, by the way, Prince Harry's coming to see it <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so that was, that was madness. It was for this special celebration for the Invictus Games, so the whole theatre was kind of filled with all of these veterans and Prince Harry, and yeah, it was magical it was such a great experience that's Isn't so cool crazy? Like, the theater can bring you all of these mad experiences I'm i feel very blessed to be a absolutely wait and harry didn't harry give up his his royal obligations or something recently yeah, I think re recently he's left the royal family i don't know how that works but yeah he's kind of that's drama <laughs> so much drama i think it was like yeah everyone was going crazy about it i don't know how i feel about it because it's not like he had a choice to be born into the royal family. If he kind of wants his own privacy now and to move on, then I guess that's fair enough. I don't know. He wanted to move so. to America and they wanted to focus on other projects. I guess Megan, she's an actress and maybe she wanted to do she some is. more, some more TV. Yeah. yeah, which I've never actually seen her act. Yeah. I know she was on the TV yeah. show Suits. Yeah, but... me, me neither. I've never seen her. I'm sure she's great. One day when they, they'll like do like the crown like in years and years from now, once they're done with everything they've got going on and we'll get the full tea behind the whole thing. Oh my God, absolutely. I bet the queen was livid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Seething. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think we talked about this beforehand, but like there's such an American fascination with like the royal family and all of that. I don't know what it is. It's just so interesting to me. Do you think it's because... Uh, like in terms of history, we've been here for so many years. I guess it's kind of like, not that the States hasn't, but maybe that's where the fascin fascination comes from, do you think? I don't know. Yeah, Which I mean, are you guys like interested in like our presidents or anything like that? Uh, not the current one. I love that answer. Neither, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we are interested in American politics, not the current one. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Okay, so going back, so you mentioned that you played Strat in Bat Out of Hell. Mm -hmm. Did I say it right? Is it Strat? Strat, yeah. Strat. Is it meant to sound like Bat? It's named after Stratocaster, which is a type of guitar. So yeah, I think it's just a coincidence that it rhymes. Yeah. Another show we haven't seen, but it was in, it was here in New York. Yeah. 
over the summer with the legend Lena Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Is, is the female lead. But, and we just, for some reason, didn't get the chance to see it. But it sort of had a bumpy road over here. Like, it was, like, supposed to do this huge tour. And then it was truncated. I don't really know what happened, but you were part of this smash success in the West End. Which was mad. That was kind of my launching pad into theater. That was my first West End role. And I always grew up listening to like Meatloaf's music. And the 80s have always been like my genre of choice. For some reason, that was always playing when I was a kid. So when I got the audition through, I remember thinking, okay, I need to get this. And when you're a struggling actor and you've been for so many auditions, got so close and not got the role, it's hard to not let that get to you. And then I think I kind of saw this and I was like, it's not even going to be an option that I'm not going to get this job. So I think I just like went full force and it paid off. And like, yeah, I started as the alternate. Mm-hmm. So I did two shows, two shows a week as Strat. And then I was also in the ensemble for the rest of oh, the shows. Wow. Yeah. And then um, when I was playing Strat, I just, it was like, and it was just like the most incredible experience I've ever had to date on stage. Playing Romeo is absolutely incredible as well, but it was just like otherworldly. It was just, it's such an iconic role. So when they asked me to take over full time after, I think it was five months, that was pretty much all my dreams came true. And how cool that they they decided to reward you. Like, and because you were the second alternate, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. Like the fact that like they decided not to like cast some like, you know, Love Island person or something like that in the in the role, but they like, trusted you and your talent to take over. What a testament to you and also the, the creative team. Yeah. There was a time when they told us that Andrew was leaving because he was going to the States to do it over there. And they weren't sure what was going to happen with the role. And I remember wanting it so badly, but just kind of accepting the fact that this is how theater works. They're probably going to get somebody from outside and train them up and get them to do the role or maybe somebody like in the limelight like you said Mm -hmm. maybe a celebrity or something like that so um I think I was on holiday at the time I was in Croatia and my agent messaged me and he was like you need to call me right now I was like oh no what's happening and I called him and he was like how would you like to play the part full time I was like what is this real life but yeah I just got off the phone to them and they said I'm really impressed with how you've been doing it so far and they would like take over and yeah, that was like, I think that was the best day of my life. <laughs> There's a video of you doing it. It's, it's a BBC Proms, is that what it's called, or Proms? Yeah, BBC Proms in Hyde Park. Proms. That was my first And you were incredible. Week. Thank you oh. so much. I was so nervous. <laughs> I just landed from the holiday that I told you about and went straight into rehearsals for the Proms and performed it like that afternoon. It was nuts. Like that was my first, I was just being, I'd just been thrown into playing the role full time. Like it had all just gone out in the press. And then suddenly I was on stage in front of like 30,000 people singing the, the main song, Battle of Hell. And yeah, it was just madness. I mean, I, it, it, I went and sat in my dressing room afterwards and just kind of stared at the wall and thought, what is my life? <laughs> uh, well, listen, it's, that is such an epic song. And that album in general is so incredible. I remember when we were kids, our Aunt Paula would like, Every weekend, she'd take us to the movies. And there was, like, probably an entire summer where she would just play that album nonstop. And we were obsessed with it. I think it's, like, a theatrical album to begin with. It is. I think that's probably why we connect connected with it so much, like, the mm-hmm. storytelling and the lyrics. And, yeah, I think, I think that a lot about 80s music in general, like David Bowie's music and, like, Prince. Like, they, they, they all just kind of have this ethereal feeling to them. Maybe it's the orchestration or, or the lyrics, I don't know. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. You're an uh, 80s king. I'm an 80s kid. I've been born <laughs> in the wrong era. <laughs> Wait, when, when, what, what year were you born? So I was 92. 92. Okay, okay. we're 93. 
93. Oh, okay. When's your birthday? When's your birthday? April 8th. April 8th. So, so it was a month ago. I was in lockdown. Oh, no. Which was weird. It was really strange. It was the first birthday where I haven't, like, seen any of my friends. And um, I think it was the first birthday I didn't drink either. Wow. <laughs> normally, normally, I would, normally, I would go to the pub and have a few drinks. But I think I just kind of thought, nah, I'm, just, I'm good. Yeah. What did you end up doing to celebrate? And my We baked a cake. Me and nice. My so that was very sweet. We've been doing loads of these quizzes, you know, on Zoom. Is that a big thing over there? It is. Oh, yes. Totally. Oh, yes. It's like a massive thing here. Like every day you've got another quiz booked in with a different friend. So, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, it was really, really sweet. Oh, I love it. Okay, so you did did Bad Out of Hell, obviously. Oh, wait, I have a Bad Out of Hell question really quick. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the show, and I usually tend to wait till I see it, till I listen to the music. So I actually... And Juliet was was my exception here because all my friends, my, a few of my friends saw it and they were like, oh my God, Connor, you're going to be obsessed. Like it's right up your alley. You're going to be, you know, all the songs, everything. So I did listen to and Juliet, but I need to know, is the Meatloaf slash Celine Dion song, It's All Coming Back to Me Now, in the show? Yes, it is. <gasps> did you sing it? No. So that, that song was sung by Raven, who was my love interest. Okay. And it, it's kind of the moment where I'm literally on my knees in front of her, begging her to take me back, essentially. And she bursts into that song and it's this epic moment. And, and then we go into, we kind of segue from that into I Would Do Anything For Love, which is the finale. And yeah, so the song is in it. That was definitely one of the highlights of the show. Oh, I love that, that song. That music, that music video as well is iconic. It's so oh, iconic. It is, that's, it's theatrical. I mean, like, look what we're saying. Like, she's like running around this, this empty, like, mansion and she's just... These drapes in the wind. <laughs> uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Anyway, Dylan, what were you going to say? I interrupted you. Um, I think it was going to be about what, I was going to ask what theater... Bad Out of Hell was in, in the West End. Because they're not all, like, clumped together there, right? They're kind of spread out. Yeah, it's different. Because you'll, over there, it's kind of, like, within a few streets of each other, isn't it, on Broadway? We're mm-hmm. kind of just in this whole area. It's, it was the Dominion Theatre, which is by Tottenham Court Road Station, which is, okay. it's one of the biggest in the West End. I think it seats, like, 2,400 or something. It was okay. it's one of our biggest theatres, which... It's a great thing and a bad thing because of, ultimately that kind of was our downfall. Like it's sure. hard to fill to fill those seats all the time. And but yeah, such an amazing theater. It's where we, we were rock viewers. And oh, um, cool. We uh, when we've only been to London once. Connor and I went on our uh, spring break, our sophomore year of college, and we saw once the musical uh, at, and I think it was at the Phoenix Theater. The Phoenix, the Phoenix. Yeah, that was Which, awesome. Is that where Come From Away is now? Yeah. And um, I remember like. We hung out in, I think it's called Trafalgar Square. Mm-hmm. And we just felt so British, Jordan. It was amazing. We went to Nando's. Oh my God, Nando's. That is like, oh, that is how you know you're British if you've had Nando's. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you guys are British now. I, okay, wait, and we also, you. we did something crazy. It was like, we went to see the X Factor concert. Oh, you did? Yeah, like, it, was, it was at Wembley. It was at Wembley. Was it with like the people who had been on the recent season? Or yeah, it was like yes. Sam Bailey. Oh yeah, she was great. She, she was great. I forget who else was on it, but she was amazing. Well, I was obsessed with Sam Callahan at the time. Oh yeah, young. Oh yeah. And now he peddles like fitness programs on Instagram, but he's still out there somewhere. Uh huh. So it must have been like played over there quite regularly then. The X Factor UK. 
Okay, so no, like, we, <laughs> we just found these ratchet links online. Wow. They probably gave us, like, computer viruses. Oh, yeah. Fully obsessed. I loved I, Tulisa. I love Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, well, she's, like our, like, our girl as well, but all of it. It's, it's just so much fun. You guys have so many good shows, too, like British Bake Off. British Bake Off. Yeah, do you guys have a version of that? There was a version of it, but there was like a controversy involved with either one of the judges or the contestants, and so they canceled it and it just never came back. Oh, no. Have yeah. you seen this most recent one on Netflix, which is called, I think, The Big Flower Show or something? And it, it's almost the same format as Bake Off, but they have to create these incredible like statues out of flowers and plants. It sounds crazy. It sounds like the maddest thing, but it's so interesting. I'm obsessed with uh, it. I'll have to check yeah. it out. I'll have to look at it. I also know that you're a true crime person. Oh, uh, yeah. That's my favorite genre. That's what my mom and I do during the day is to, like, stay busy if we're bored. But what is, like, your favorite documentary or series out there? Okay, so most recently watched The Innocence Files. Okay, it's on my list. Is that on HBO? Yeah. It's on Netflix. Netflix, okay. Well, it's on Netflix here, so I assume it's probably the same, but... Yeah, that was heartbreaking. I think I cried in every episode because it's all about, that one is just all about the wrongful convictions in like the the American judicial system. Which is, which Um, is shit. It's an absolute mess. So, so awful. Yeah. So that was heartbreaking. I really into like making a murderer. The Keepers. um, The Keepers is my all time favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. And a lot of people couldn't get past, I think the first two episodes, they thought it was just a bit slow, but you had to just stick with it because it was, there were so many crazy twists. So many crazy twists. I mean, it's about these badass women who, like, come together to try and solve this years-old... It's, like, yeah. unreal. Unreal. I don't remember how it ends, because I think I watched it, like, two or three years ago. But I, I don't think, think we ever with, know. Well, I think they kind of worked out that the priest had something to do with it, but unfortunately he passed away, so there, were, there could never be any repercussions for him, <sighs> you know? So that's always frustrating. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's a great series. There's one, Evil Dead. I don't know if you've seen that. I've, no, I've not seen that one, no. What is that? That's creepy. That's kind of about these, um, this woman who strapped a bomb to this man and told him to go and rob a store in, in <gasps> the States. Mm-hmm. I've seen the commercial for that? it. I've seen the commercial. I'll watch yeah. it though and let you know what I think. Yeah, that's that's really good. You should watch that. At yeah, least we have all this cool dog. stuff to like keep us busy during all of this yeah. too. No, absolutely. There's so many great things. Netflix is a lifesaver. Truly. You know now what? True ask, crime but... scares me. I, yeah. I, I get so scared. Do you? I don't know. Yeah. You, you see how corrupt the world is sometimes? I, and... I think so. It just makes yeah. me like, I can't sleep at night after I watch stuff. But I can like... I can almost watch like horror movies and not be as scared. I think because knowing that it's you know real, it's real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that freaks me no, out. That. that freaks me yeah, out. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Horror Bake films. Off. I love horror films. I love horror films. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. See, but that's the that's the weird part. Like, I like horror films that feel kind of realistic. Like, I love like Halloween uh-huh. or even like Jaws or Alien. And I guess Alien's not realistic, but when they realistic. when it's less like complicated, like I like them when they're pretty straightforward. Okay, not like the paranormal stuff. Not really. No, but I love no. the Conjuring movies. Those are like my favorite horror movies. Those are good. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm also into like the ones that could actually happen. They definitely scare me way more. Like the cults, that kind of. Oh yeah. There's a good one called Apostle, which is on Netflix, and yeah, that is so creepy. All right, Jordan. After this, we're gonna have to exchange a list of things that we've watched Let's in the <laughs> because I'm getting excited all of a sudden and trying to figure out what I'm gonna do tonight now. 
All right, so we're getting to the point in the episode where we like to kind of share the drama that's like on our mind or in our hearts, and we call it our dose of drama. And um, Connor, do you want to kind of explain what this is, or do you think it's pretty straightforward at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for first-time listeners, our dose of drama is we kind of end on a dramatic note. Um, We kind of talk about maybe something we're thinking about from you know, the conversation we had on the podcast, or maybe something going on in the world, maybe some sort of drama we're consuming, whether it be television, film, a book, anything like that. Um, and we like to call it our dose of drama. Dylan, do you do you have a dose of drama today? I do. And so this, this is about the American Tony Awards, which like the Olivier's are kind of up in the air, no one really knows what's happening, although we didn't even get nominations. And in place of what would have been the night of the Tonys, they've decided to air the movie Grease, which has caused quite an uproar in the theater community. Here's what I'll say, though. I love Grease. It's, like, probably one of my favorite movie musicals of all time. Do I think it's the right replacement for the Tonys? No. Like, just give us a clip show of, like, all the greatest Tony moments or something along those lines. But my drama is, is that in the process, people are really shitting on Grease. And I just want to say, like, leave it alone. It's, like, a period piece from a long time ago. It's iconic for many reasons. We don't need to to hate on Grease just because we want something different and we can find other ways to pay tribute to the Tonys. I wish that Grease was on a different night or at a different time slot, Um, but my drama is just that there's going to be a sort of like a best of show instead on Broadway.com and TonyAwards.com. So if anyone's interested, it'll be the Sunday after this episode airs. So you can tune in and check that out. Yeah, I think the Olivier Awards, their kind of, their version is they're doing, like you said, like a mashup of all of the past years. So maybe they, yeah, they should have gone with that for the Tonys. Greece is great, like you said. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Feel validated. Um, wait, so, and Juliet was nominated for like all the Olivier's this year. Yeah, we've been nominated for nine Olivier's, which is awesome. That's huge. Wow. It's huge. Yeah, I think it's maybe the most... I know that we got nominated for the most ever What's On Stage Awards in history. It was like 13 What's On Stage Awards. Including um, yourself. Including myself, which was very, very nice. And you turned um, another fashion, another iconic fashion look. The red suit. Mm-hmm. The burgundy. Yep, <laughs> you've, been, you've been paying attention. I like that. Uh-huh. I, have, I have an eye for it. I tried to like up my own fashion game. So that's, that's definitely where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so nine, nine Olivier Awards. So that's great. I really hope that we take most of them home. That will be great. I hope so too. What is, what is like the big competition that you guys are so up the, against? So it's... The big competition is Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. So that, that they opened pretty much like a month before us, and obviously amazing show. Great yeah. show. Um, so they're our biggest competition. I think they've got like seven nominations. I might be wrong. So it's, we're against them. I think we're up against Waitress as well. Oh. And uh, a, a show called Only Fools and Horses, which I don't know if you guys have heard of. It's like a, it's a British sitcom which has been turned into a musical. It's very, very British. It's all very Cockney and... Well, I would love it then. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, fingers crossed for you guys. I think you have a good shot. I I really do. I really hope so. I feel like our show, obviously I'm biased, but I really feel like it deserves the recognition because so much work has gone into it. And I think Matt, he's so passionate about it. He's been so hands-on from the beginning and it's been such a collaborative experience. I really just hope that we get a few, you know. And the costumes and... Oh yeah, the trailer, the trailer that they released for Anne Juliet is Mm -hmm. fun. It's so epic. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god! It's like I, a pop video. It's like a music video. Uh-huh. It literally yeah. is. The moment I, it's when it's when you and Juliet are on the swing, or it's like a bench yeah, or like something. Fly. Yeah, it's like a bench with a. Is that when you sing one more try? One more try. Yeah. Which okay, we didn't. I am obsessed with one more try, and I was listen when I listened to the cast recording the first time. I was like, oh, I don't know this one, but like it's a bop, and I was like, I made it all the way end, and then there's like the Jesse J version, and so of course I looked into it, and I was like. Oh my God, it's it's an original Max Martin song for the show. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This could be on the radio and be a hit. It's oh, that such good. Awesome song. Yeah, that was, that was such a crazy experience as well because I think that came out of the workshop. A lot of the feedback was, because me and Juliet, we never had a moment, like a song together when we did the workshop version of it. And so when we had like an audience of like, industry professionals and creative people like sir andrew lloyd webber was there which was a mad, like amazing experience and yeah the main piece of feedback was that romeo and juliet needed a song and so max went away for a few months and wrote this song he came back and was like okay guys like let's do it so that like having max martin write you a song is just like wow and you're the one who like gets to give voice to it you know like that's know. history that's so cool like mind-blowing yeah so cool um, all right, so going back to the dose of drama real quick, Connor, do you have a dose to share? Okay, well, my dose of drama coming into this was that Love Me Like You Do is half the song. We deserve the full version of the song. But let me try to think of something really quick. Yeah, I guess my other one would probably be that there's no way for us to stream X Factor UK in the US because that is certainly something I would be doing in quarantine because I have not watched it in years. Probably since, when was James Arthur? Was that before Sam Bailey or after? Um, I think just before. Just, just before. Probably like probably like the year before. He's another one. He really crossed over in the US. Yeah, he's so good. His yeah. voice, his tone is, yeah, epic. It's really good. But yeah, my drama is whatever network shows X Factor, give us, give us a streaming platform for, I mean, how many seasons has there been? Like series, has there been 15, 16? Oh, prob- yeah, probably about 16, 17, around that, yeah. We need it. We need it now. I hope they go back to regular series again. I didn't watch Celebrity, but I was hoping for like an All-Stars, if not like a Celebrity. Like an All-Stars, that's a good idea. Get like get back like 10 of the winners. Mm-hmm. I really Ooh. want them to do that with going back to Drag Race. I really yeah. want them to do like a winner's season. I feel like that that's would so good. be cool. Do you have oh, a favorite winner from all the different series? Do you know, I'm actually quite old school. I was really, I really liked Sharon Needles. I Jordan, you're that. speaking to my soul. I am an old school drag kind of person all the way. Yeah. Uh, I love Sharon. I love, um, I love Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely amazing, yeah. There's so mm-hmm. many great ones. Alyssa is still probably one of my favorite actual queens from the show, though, because she's got so much personality. Oh my god, I could you not? We've, we've, take, we've taken up this podcast talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> we talk about it honestly all the time on I the know. show, Jordan. Like, I love that you actually watch it. Like, I don't know if many of our ge- of our other uh, guests that we've had yeah. on watch it. Oh, it's it. huge here. I think everyone watches it. Like, parents watch it, everyone here. It's like one of our biggest shows. Is there a huge drag scene in London? Yeah, I'd say... To be honest, I haven't experienced much of like live drag. I just like watching it on, on TV. But I think they're probably like in the gay scene. There probably is quite quite a few mm-hmm. gay bars that have drag shows. I know a couple of people that do drag. So yeah, I don't think it's the same as over there. Like you guys have like it's a whole huge oh yeah industry, isn't it? Yeah, especially huge. in New York City. Are you watching the American one right now? Yeah, I am. Who do you think is going to take it home? By the time this airs, we'll have we'll know who is gonna, is crowned the season twelve winner. But I'm totally curious. Okay, so I think probably Gigi, Gigi Good. 
You think Gigi? I think so. But I know, I people know. love Crystal. They do. She's like people the Katya. Crystal. She's like the fan favorite. Yeah. Who, who th- do you think? I think Jada. Okay. I just think it's been a long time since like a more like pageant queen has won. And uh-huh. even though like I guess you would qualify her as a pageant queen, she's also hysterical. She's really original, great actress. Like I could I could she's see very that polished. her. Yeah, totally. I could see that happening. I wish that they could crown Gigi and Jada and do the double winners. If they wouldn't have done that for All Stars 4, I think if there was was ever a time we needed, like, joy and to spread the love, this would have been the season. Because they've both been fantastic. (laughs) I do think Gigi will win. She's been amazing and just the most polished, like, born into the world, born to do this. Like, her mom is, like, the designer of all of everything so yeah, i think that she's, she's got it mm-hmm. yeah i think i think so she deserves it and they all do to be honest they're probably the strongest three that there's been for for a long mm-hmm. time so it could go to anyone yeah that was my, my drama actually that was my my drama is that i'm not sure how i'm feeling about how they're going to be airing this final episode like is it going to be Obviously, they're doing it via Zoom. I just don't know how I feel about it. I don't know whether they should have waited and maybe given us a few months off and said, we're going to come back to it and have like a recap episode and then filmed it actually live in a studio. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, sure. Jordan. Jordan, that's a, great, that's a great dose of drama. We are completely aligned. That is exactly how we feel. Because I'm conflicted too. It's like, I want to know who wins, but... How sad for the queens, too, because they're just going to be kind of sitting at home watching. They're not going to be out at a bar celebrating with their friends. It's going to be like, that's, that's how they find that's out, I mean. you know? Because normally they find out in a bar, don't they? And then they get crowned in front of an audience. Yeah. And then, their li- and then their lives kind of take off and they go international and do like the whole tour. It'll be such a strange time for them, I think. Obviously, I was going to say I really feel for them, but they get to win RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> very true, very true. That's true. They do usually go international. Like uh, our hometown drag queen is Nina West from oh, season yeah, 11. Yeah. And she did a whole she London came, she tour. Came to see our show. She <gasps> see our, we, we, met, we met her afterwards. She was, oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, she's yeah. so nice, isn't she? Oh, so sweet. So yeah, she did the, the tour. Yeah, that's why how we met her because she was. They, they normally go all around the UK, and I think they do like Amsterdam and Germany, and it becomes like a huge thing for them. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll all be able to pick up and do it again. And hopefully the same for you. Like, I really hope that you're able to just everything with Anne Juliet is able to take right off again. Who knows when everything is going to go back to normal, Mm -hmm. but... I know, it's crazy times. But I'm positive about it. I hope... Yes. I think we'll be okay. I really hope so. I think that Anne Juliet is the kind of show that the world will need when we're all back. Like, everyone's going to want to just dance and celebrate and sing. Uh It's It's so uplifting. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling positive about it, too. Well, Jordan, this has been absolutely a blast. I am so grateful that you responded to Connor's DM and did this Thanks for sliding in by the end. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. We can't wait to come see you in Anne Juliet. And when you come to the States, we'll have to go see a show in New York. Let's do it. Let's grab a drink and see a show. We would that love that. So fun. Um, and everyone can find you on Twitter and Instagram at Jordan Luke Gage. At right? Jordan Luke Gage. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And I'm hoping we get some more original tunes out of you throughout this this yeah, lockdown. I've been, I've been writing a few at the moment, so I'm I'm gonna try and record a few in the next couple of weeks and post some of those. Yeah, that's been one of the best things about lockdown actually is having the time, like you said, to write, focus on these projects. So yeah, get some your out. song "You" is quite is quite amazing. Thank you. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love. On loop, oh. of course. Yeah, I did like one of these lockdown concerts from my living room here. And that was where I kind of premiered it. 
and the reaction from some of the fans was like was so awesome that I thought oh I'll record it and put it out there and yeah it's been lovely oh I my god record it professionally I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work towards doing some kind of an album at some point so piecing things together well Aww. we'll be first in line to buy it and download and everything so thank you Yes, you are absolutely incredible. We can't thank you enough for your time. And everyone should also follow him and follow the Drama Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And follow me at Connor McDowell. And me at <laughs> Dylan McDowell. And Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.